0: Yeah, 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 it's going down. It's your boy, Jay Gibson, CEO and founder of Rethink Rich Academy, the new face of finance. Get used to it. And it's another edition of Boss Talk. It's Boss Talk 9, a.k.a. 6-9. We're going to get right into it. Is he a snitch or is he a genius? You let me know. This is Late Night Boss Talk. Because if it's after midnight and you ain't up, then you ain't down. a what's going on people this your boy jay gibson we back we back we back with the wolf pack so it's going down so i mean the whole world is talking about this kid Takashi 69 and i just wanted to touch on this so that the people could have some perspective from an insider from an industry insider you know to give you guys what's really going on so there's two competing sides right now or arguments you have the people who say you know yo he's a rag he's a snitch, you know, you can't let him come in the game and take over and do this and do that and blah, 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 the culture, the culture, the culture. Then you have another side of the fans that are in the media that are saying, yo, this guy, they really don't care, you know, what happened or they're empathetic to his situation. I mean, this guy, we all saw, you know, the tape, everybody who's anybody, I mean, at this point, um, has heard of Takashi 6 9 um, even if you're not a fan of hip-hop. So there were videos that came out um, back in uh, 2018, late 2018, early 2019, of, you know, reportedly Takashi 6ix9ine being kidnapped. Um, and then all of the news came out and, and, you know, secret recordings, you know, talking about people that were, you know, other affiliates within the industry, as well as some of the street culture guys saying that they were going to AKA super violate them which you know doesn't mean anything good right so you know that that's a situation where it's kind of like a what would you do kind of factor now just to give you guys some backstory if you never heard of takashi 69 he's a rapper from new york city who over the last three years or so has gained prominence mostly off of controversy but anybody who's a hip-hop fan it's basically um the new millennium's uh, version of 50 cent who came into the game disrespecting everybody in the game he had a hit single. Um, underground hit called how to rob so you know playing off of that Takashi 69 um came out with a single you know he had this single demo which you know really kind of glorified the gang culture it had a lot of you know imagery in there different um you know people promoting gang signs pistols and just and it just really kind of was like a full-fledged uh promotional video for the street lifestyle so That obviously got some attention online. People who, you know, who are either affiliated or just fans of the street culture, the gang culture, you know, gravitated to that. In entertainment, I mean, we have saw this before all the way back to Death Row Records with the whole glorification of the Bloods and the Crips and the the infamous picture of Suge Knight sitting on the Rolls Royce with the all red suit. He's, He's up there with Tupac and, you know, everything that came after that. So in hip hop, there's a there's a, a mainstream culture of musicians who just put out music and, you know, obviously they may embellish some of their lifestyle, um, but it's understood that it's entertainment, right at some level. But what happens uniquely in hip hop is, excuse me, um, we usually, you know, as hip hop artists, they are burdened, I would like to say, with this whole notion that, They have to live their lyrics and they really are living what they're saying that's part of the branding that's part of the you know the propaganda that attracts the audience right whereas you watch mob movies with all you know goodfellas and the godfather and all of these movies you know the sopranos but the actors aren't saying hey are you really a wise guy you know are you really living by the mob code but in hip-hop it's you know you have to be so-called the hardest gangster. Now, there is an element of people who say, hey, if you're promoting this, that you're saying you're this and you're that, when you go out into the street and you're out there performing these songs and you go into the public, people are going to want to, you know, what they call test your gangster. If you're talking all of this nonsense, especially in 6 ix case, he became the what they call the, the king of the internet trolls. So he would, you know, um, just blatantly taunt people and nobody could steal first it started with he had some jewelry nobody could steal his jewelry he was the hardest gangster out here you know clowning people from la saying you guys are not no you know real gangsters i go where i want i do what i want nobody's going to touch me so when you say things like that on social media they're going to spread and people are going to want to you know see what you if you really you know if you about that life is as far as what they say so you can't expect people to not react to that when you're taunting, you know, street people and telling them, hey, you know, I'm tougher than you and he's a little small kid, right? So that's what got him, you know, his first initial fame. And then there were a few incidents, a few fights and, you know, uh, 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 which turned and escalated into shootouts and robberies and all this different, you know, criminal activity that started becoming the main story and not the music. In fact, a lot of people that are against 6ix9ine will argue that, that you know the sensationalism and the propaganda and the trolling is what his actual brand is and he's not really that talented as a musician um what the debate is from the other side is that people are saying hey this kid yes he may not be a real gangster but if you start looking at hip-hop you see that most of the people that are in the the culture are not what they say they are or not to the degree they may have people in their camp, people in their, you know, um, circle that may have a certain amount of street credibility, which, you know, is very interesting from a business perspective because it's a business where you can translate your reputation into dollars. So there's people within the industry that are known, um, that have reputations and that reputation is what, you know, garners them a certain level of respect. What comes to mind, um, not that these two these people are anywhere you know i would say a real a, a real version of what uh six nine may be talking about is a guy named jay prince right now jay prince you know not to say he's a gangster or whatever but he has been known to have a certain level of respect he handles his business but he stays behind the scenes um suge knight had that whole persona of you know hey i'm a, I'm a gangster but he ran a multi you know million dollar hundred million dollar multi hundred million dollar business and enterprise and with became one of the most successful young businessmen um you know i would say in music history so he was able to translate uh his you know street credibility uh, one surprise and people that you may not know that you might say what were the Isley brothers now while ron Isley is also known as mr biggs you know he's you know, everybody looks at him as this smooth R&B singer. The Isley brothers, you know, basically were the Wu-Tang of their day. And there was a bunch of brothers, some of which had some street credibility and there's old stories of them, you know, running up the radio stations, slapping up the DJs, you know, intimidating people to play their records or make sure they had their money when they come to these different cities. So, um, to perform. So, you know, this has been going on for years uh, in the music business, but specifically in hip hop, we have had this whole um, battle between keeping it real and, you know, rappers who are fake and they st- call them studio gangsters. So, Takashi is just the latest version of what you would say. Ha- um, he's become, you know, a, a, a sensation, right? He's a superstar. That's undeniable. Whether you love him or hate him or think he's a snitch or whatever, he has uh, found a way to, you know, penetrate the media and keep everybody's attention. Now... Um, You know, just to give you some backstory on the case, in 2018, um, he got caught up in an investigation that the FBI was investigating his crew, which was called Treyway, and that they were under investigation for a number of crimes. Of that, they had people who within their crew that were informants, and that's key, and I'll get back to that in a minute. People who were already compromised and given information. This is how... The federal government was able to put cameras within their vehicles. They knew where their movements, they knew everything that was going on. And so it was just a matter of time before they closed ranks because 6ix9ine was causing so much controversy on the internet and within the industry that he was publicizing a lot of the beefs. Um, And as I said before, you know, it started out with just a few fights that went viral on the internet because it was like, hey, you know, he's fighting this guy or such and such crew is fighting this crew. But then it became violent. Um, you know we even had a few fatalities you know um, that resulted from altercations surrounding people in six nines camp so uh, you know obviously we don't want to glorify um you know violence or death or anything like that but I'm just you know mentioning that to say that this became real um it went from just entertainment hey this kid's crazy you know he's talking crazy somebody's gonna slap him up just people that just you know the voyeurism, It's kind of like the car wreck on the highway and everybody has to pull over and see what's going on and be nosy, which caused a traffic jam. In this case, he was able to monetize that traffic jam and, you know, you know, in a short period of time, uh, become a multimillionaire. Uh, And so what happens is you take people who are from a certain street element and then now they're doing legitimate business in the music industry, whether it's performances or, you know, having recording records um, he did records with Nicki Minaj, which, which was it was a song called Fifi. That was his most successful sing, single um, off his debut album, which was called Dummy Boy. Um, but but also he has a, a distinctive look. He has tattoos all over his face, and he also wears this rainbow colored hair. So you know, obviously he's going to stand out amongst a bunch of other rappers. Um, you know who, who who look total total opposite of that. Um, and so he was able to brand himself as, you know, the rainbow ha- hair colored kid. He's crazy, you know, he's talking crazy, you know, and he, he's getting to, he was the, the, the voice of, you know, a certain generation of, of, of kids, you know, millennials, you know, and even some of these, I guess they call them Gen Zers now, um, who really just didn't care about whether he was really a gangster or not. They just liked the music. They like his attitude. They, You know, he became almost like a cult like figure that people were like, hey, this kid's 6'9", is he real? At some point, the hype, you know, perception becomes reality. And so, this is a great, you know, chance to look at this and say, you know, on one angle from a business perspective, you know, he did all the classic marketing tactics that a brand would do if they're trying to um, get big on the market. They had a viral component to it. He was able to, you know, build an audience around his brand. He was able to, you know, um, build a distinctive brand that was, you know, identifiable and Mm -hmm. people gravitate, you either loved it or he has a polarizing um, personality, so Mm -hmm. you either love him or hate him, which makes everybody want to talk about Mm him. And people that were kind of warning him along the way Mm -hmm. saying, hey man, okay, that was funny. That's what you did to get famous. It almost was a thing where in the industry, and that's where the insider perspective comes from saying, we all, you know, as I mentioned 50 Cent earlier, and that's no diss to 50 Cent, but it's like obviously he used controversy. He had a real street beef, um and you know once he put it on record and the public got wind of it, you know his whole thing is he had been shot nine times. So it was just a compelling story. that yo, this guy, he's a real gangster. He been you know shot nine times. Been in shootouts, and you know he's got this beef with real street people, and you know from New York City and you know the, then he was his, his rival was ja rule at the time which was one of the biggest artists in music at that time so it's going to automatically garner you some publicity and you know and 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 elevate your notoriety so the same thing with Nine by him beefing with everybody and you know trolling people on the internet he was able to gain millions of followers which um you know at that time you have to think back even though this is only a few years ago in 2017 2018 The whole rise of the influencers and the people who could garner attention on social media became the people that all the brands and all the marketing you know dollars started flowing towards um you know because if you can get eyeballs on on you or whatever then you know companies are interested to say hey you know maybe he can help us promote our products or just being affiliated and putting advertising around his videos and stuff that are on youtube and out there will get you the same amount of uh, visibility. So that's one aspect. But then there's the cultural aspect of people saying, is this really who we want to promote, right? Um, You know, he's promoting gang violence. He's promoting, you know, uh, uh, just a lifestyle that really isn't positive um, and can result in a lot of violence. Now, I'm not going to sit here and sound like the old man in the room because as I stated earlier, this reminds me of the death row days. I mean, when you look at, you know, I remember being um, you know, a young, a young person with the source magazine with Snoop Dogg, uh, on the cover with a, with a pistol now that I, you know, on the cover of a magazine. And it was like, yo, this guy's gangsta, Snoop Dogg, he's a crip, you know, he's, you know, death row records that, you know, their hit single at the time before Snoop's album dropped was 187, right? I'm gonna do a 187 on an undercover cop. So people who do the knowledge and do the history of this thing, this has been used in hip hop since its inception. Um, you know, it started out just party music, but then, you know, the in the 80s with the NWA's and the, you know, uh um, you know, Eazy-E and, you know, Dr. Dre and then, you know, that materialized into death row and, you know, for the you know, mid to late 80s and 90s, gangster rap was like basically the 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 <laughs> what was popping, you know. That was the most popular genre. Um, or subgenre of hip-hop and so it became a thing where it was an easy uh, sell you know so it became who's the hardest gangster you know and then from the artist's perspective when you know every artist had an entourage so even if the artist wasn't a gangster he had gangsters like I tell you in his circle people that were around him and that created a mystique that people were attracted to and it just became who has the, the you know became the story the narrative whose story was more compelling who seem more authentic who seem more real and so we can't just put this all on 6ix9ine and say because he's just benefiting from you know decades of um you know a blueprint that you might say even the you know the most popular rapper i would say you know of of all time right now the most successful businessman would be jay-z jay-z's whole story and origin story he tells you that he was a crack dealer right now he doesn't say he was the hardest gangster in the world but he does say, hey, I was one of the biggest hustlers, um, you know, out there in the 80s. And I was able to take that money. And now I'm a businessman and I'm doing my thing. But this is where I started from. So every single, you know, star you can name within the hip hop circle had some type of origin story to, hey, this is where I'm coming from the struggle. Um, and there's always been people who get exposed as we go along, as well as in any industry. You could have a soda brand that." says they have you know all natural ingredients and then they get exposed you know for what they were actually putting in the product but only in you know urban culture and hip-hop do we say that hey this person you know we've watched you know the Tupac's and the Biggie's and people actually lose their lives and hundreds of other people you know over the years we only kind of you know glory you're not glorified but we only kind of name Tupac and Biggie because those were so important at that time you know um you know to lose those two great rappers in their primes right and young men i mean when you look at it i think biggie was 24 Pac was like 26 maybe 27 so these young men weren't even 30 years old yet and you look back and say wow that was really young to not only be you know a millionaire going from being broke um you know barely out of high school if you dropped out or whatever to you know two or three years later you're a millionaire and you're one of the biggest known celebrities in the in the world at that time, so that is is a transition in itself. And so we have to take that and then now take that lens and look at a person like Six Nine. Now when he went to trial and like I said, you know, 2018, he was picked up by F- the FBI and put. You know, they offered him protection at first. They let him know, hey, we're investigating. This is what's going on. You know, these guys, you know, are really aren't your friends. Um, you know, and they're doing all this criminal activity that's gonna lead to them going down. You seem we know you're not the, the ringleader, even though on you know, uh, you know, on the media and out there in the public you're personifying yourself, you present yourself that you're you're the kingpin, you're the man. We know who's really behind the scenes, the people behind you that are doing the real criminal activity, that's who we want. We don't really want you, um, but we'll take you down with everybody else if you don't cooperate. At first, you know, he said no to the protection, but then about within a week later, um, they presented him with more more charges and saying, hey, you're going to do up to about 30 years, 40 years if you don't, you know, cooperate with us. And I, and I believe at that time, he, you know, he had experienced him, the attempted uh, kidnapping. Um, there was extortion, things that happened with his family, um, you know, from what, 6 9 claims. There were people that you know was sleeping with his baby's mother at the time um and so there was you know it was just a safety factor he said you know what you know i gotta do what i gotta do he's he's a normal kid he's only about 22 23 years old that doesn't excuse his behavior but you have to look at it from perspective of hey as i as i noted earlier and that's why i want to get to that part they already had people participating now as the trial you know this became one of the biggest i mean i'm not gonna say it was biggest oj trial but it definitely was in that lane of something that was, you know, just one of the biggest trials in, in pop culture and in American culture at that time, you know, back a few years ago, every, I mean, people were live tweeting, you know, not even having any video of it, uh, cause it was closed to the media, but they were given, you know, people were given reports from the courthouse and it was one guy, that had a, a Twitter handle that actually, you know, he he became the go-to person for the information and people were making videos and um, giving commentary on his live tweets from the trial, right? So that became a, its own thing. But in that trial, as we all know in a trial, you have what is called a discovery uh, phase where you have to release whatever evidence was going on. The state has to release any information they have about you. And that's kind of what happened. And so within that, we found out that one of the drivers um, that was driving 6 9 around in the entourage, he actually was under investigation for some type of, um, you know, uh, underage uh, uh, situation with a, with a female. And he was basically caught up himself being that, I believe he was an immigrant and they were going to send him back. Not only that, it was you know, he was facing some time. And he basically folded up and said, hey, I'll cooperate. So for months, this guy was gathering information and kind of doing his thing, um, you know, and and telling the police everything. And like you said, they installed the video camera in the van. So that's how we got all the footage of the kidnapping and all of the video of them riding around, you know, doing these criminal activities and talking about things they were going to do. So then it's, it's just, I just want to, bring that up because now that you know the trial happened he obviously cooperated he cut a deal with the federal government that basically said that he would do the minimal amount of time uh, which was you know ended up being two years in exchange for identifying these people around him um you know who at that time he had no loyalty to he felt that they betrayed him they were stealing his money there was a whole thing that came out where you know he was supposed to get a certain amount of money for a certain amount of shows and he was only getting a portion of that. And they were basically embezzling the rest of his month. Um, as I said, they had situations with his family. Um, they threatened his moms. You know, his 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 uh, the, the mother of his child, you know, had dealings with these guys. And so he felt everybody in his circle had turned on him. And then, you know, he wasn't safe. So I'm not condoning him, you know, doing whatever he did. I feel like the things he was responsible for, you know, he should have manned up and been able to, you know, take the brunt of whatever came from that. I think people would have a lot more respect for him, um, even within the trial to say, hey, you know, yes, maybe so-and-so is so-and-so, you already have a certain amount of evidence. Um, Cause common sense says, hey, if they have a video of you guys doing all this stuff, you know, there's the argument that people are saying, is that really snitching? And that's kind of where I'm at with, and I'm kind of still in that phase of saying, we have to, we can't just point blank say, Yes, the guy is. I do. I think he's smart for doing what he did. Um, no, do I think he kind of made his own bed? It's time for him to, you know, it, it would. That was the, you know, time where if he would have gotten a sentence of say, hey, you're going to do five years, right? And you know, um, you did, you know, cooperate with gang activity. You were involved in some drug activity. You were involved in, you know, incidents that related to shootings where you directed these street guys, and so that's what made it so interesting was 69 because he had the money and the influence calling the shots or were you know the street people calling the shots and i think at certain points of his you know his his rise to fame the relationship shifted where in the beginning the street people obviously had all the credibility they were backing him that's what made him um you know a star because they were basically you know what i what they always say to co-sign they were co-signing him saying hey he's official this kid got, you know, we're backing him and, you know, don't, nobody needs to mess with him because they're going to have to mess with us. But then as he became a star, and he's making, generating the money and he's, you know, feeding the, the goons. He starts being able to call some shots and people make him feel as though he has a certain amount of power because people are going to be loyal to where they're getting fed. It's no different than people working at a company that they may not agree with what the company's doing, but hey, this is where I'm getting my, you know, my this is my meal ticket right now. And so I'm loyal to where I'm, you know, who's putting food on my plate, and that's a a, a a element to it. But as I said, do I agree with him, you know, cooperating with the government? No, right. Do I think that that was smart to do in his situation? He may not have had any other options. So, but to come out of jail, and and then you know he's that's what this whole you know to kind of bring this to you know the, its current situation. He was released from jail. Due to the COVID-19 um, epidemic, you know, saying that, you know, he was going to get out after he was sentenced for two years. He was supposed to get out towards the end of this year, around November. Um, and so they let him out about six months early uh, because, you know, obviously there was pandemics in January. You know, it's been other people who have been released early. So he was able to negotiate it and be on house arrest um, until the end of the year. Um, that allowed him to, you know, obviously he can go and record some music while he's in the crib. Um, and he started doing videos so once they did just this past weekend um they released his video uh, for his new single gooba you know this guy is, he's not too descriptive with the, with the titles of his music but um you know that was the big hype of the weekend that he was releasing his video and then he went live on instagram and kind of told his side of the story right um but the, the, he went right back to his trolling tactics you know, you mad, you mad, I'm rich, yeah, I write it, so what, I got a big bag and all this other stuff. And, you know, okay, that's fine. But in reality, when you look at that, it seems like he hasn't learned his lesson. And that's the kind of thing that I want to show people that it's no different than a company like Enron who did all of these, you know, uh, immoral things and stole money and, you know, and, and just defrauded the people. And then let's say they were able to, you know, pay a penalty, which a lot of companies do, right? And they sometimes don't even have, nobody does any jail time. They just pay a fine. They may rebrand themselves as a different name and come right back as something different. So, you know, and then go right back out there and do business. We saw after the the, the, the 2008 bailout, um, some of the same companies that were doing some of the shady loans and, and shady practices actually take the government money and go on retreats with it. When they were supposed to be loaning that money out to people and to kind of boost up the economy so this has been going on in all facets of business so i won't sit here and just say oh it's six nine he's the worst he's just uh the the flavor of the month and eventually you know his this this whole uh volcano of confusion and chaos that he is you know uh at the center of right now will come to some type of resolution so as i said this past weekend um, I really don't like dating the podcast But let's just say May 2020 He dropped his video He was on the internet Now the reason that why that's news Is not only because he's a notable figure But because it broke records It is right now At this time that we're recording this It's the top uh, um, uh, it, it garnered the most views In 24 hours in history um, For a music video so it's at, right now, currently 90-something million views. I'm pretty sure over the next weeks and months, it'll go well beyond 100 million views. That in itself has some some uh, monetary value, a lot of monetary value, right? When you're looking at YouTube and how that stuff, you know, is all the algorithms work. And then he dropped a single, which is obviously um, being streamed at a massive rate. And it's going to, you know, become probably the number one song, I believe, right now, um that's out so you know he's he, he's actually you know he had a billboard in Times square he's saying the king is back he's the king because he has the most numbers and the most streams and you know he's making the most money right now so how are you going to tell him he's not the king so his put his his identification of success and status is hey i got all the numbers i got all the money forget whatever it took to get here i'm here and part of that is, you know, when you look at business in America and a lot of rags to riches stories, um, you know, just to kind of put that in context, the Kennedy family, that's most prominent, you know, family in America, their great grandfather was a bootlegger, right? And so they made their money, uh, you know, from a legal means and then legitimized themselves and end up having a president and then a, a, another brother. Who was on his way to becoming president? Um, who was the Attorney General? Uh, you know, to JFK, which is Bobby Kennedy. Both who were tragically killed. Um, they had dealings with the mob. Um, you know, that's that's. I mean, that's common knowledge, right? So you know, you have to look at that and say, did that element end up having something to do with them losing their life? And so now we're looking at Takashi Six Nine and saying, yes, this kid is flamboyant. He's wearing. His gold, you know, his platinum chains. He's He's got the rainbow hair. He's got the girls in the video. You know, he's still personifying, you know, not so much a gangster image, but saying, you know, ha, ha, ha. He's laughing at him. You know, y'all are all locked up. I got rich. Yeah, I ratted. it. So what? So that has obviously had a, you know, polarizing effect in hip hop, right? And that's the key word. That's why I keep using it, polarizing, because there are people who say, yo, the kid is making His fans are saying, we don't care what happened. We understand these guys were extorting him. He did what he had to do. And I really don't care because I like the music. Most of his fans are, you know, suburban kids, different ethnicities, not necessarily the kids in the hood. So they're just, you know, here for the entertainment. They're here for the, for the, for the, for the internet sensation. They're here for the likes, right? And that's all they want to see is what is he going to do next? What are you going to do? But then you have people within hip hop culture who are saying, you know, Um, This kid is whack. You know, he's personifying everything we don't want. And, you know, there's a rapper named Meek Mill from Philadelphia who's come out and said, hey, he's a rat. And, you know, we got to watch this. We got to get him out of the culture because if we let him win, then it's just going to signal the end of authenticity within the culture. The people who really have to live this lifestyle, uh, which everybody knows famously, Meek Mill um, had his own... Uh, dealings with the justice system in which he was caught up in a case where he caught a case several years back and was actually given 10 years probation that was been extended for like almost 15 years so he'd been going back and forth to jail and his last stint you know he was sentenced to two to four years for doing a wheelie in New York City you know what that is on a motorcycle you know um, which really was a minor if anything a ticket you know that but because he was on probation they could decide at any given time he violated um because just having police contact when you're on probation can be considered a violation of probation so he was able to you know get all the public support and the whole free meat campaign came out so he's coming from a perspective of hey i know with this um you know there's a lot of people locked up right now and you ratting on people and sending people to jail and then you coming out laughing about it and flaunting your chains and flaunting your jewelry, you know what I'm saying? That's that's really not what we want out here. That's not, you know, obviously the kids don't need to see that, but even deeper than that, within the culture, this is just, you know, we're allowing this guy to make a mockery of people who really do this stuff in real life and have to pay the consequences and everybody else kind of has to do their time. How come he gets to go, you know, kind of tell on people and then he's out here flaunting because we have to understand who's behind Takashi 69 right now. Is this... You know, a certain element um, of the government Or whatever forces that are saying Hey, this is who we want to be the spokesperson for hip-hop right now So what's going to come after that? Where does it go from here? The next rapper, you know, what does he come out and do? You know what I'm saying? So there's people that he's Meek Mill has positioned himself As the person who's defending the culture, right? Especially from his perspective of justice reform And prison reform And the people in the streets Who are really living that lifestyle versus people who are just perpetrating a fraud so you know there's a uh, you know there's a there's a rivalry going on right now so i uh, you know like i said you could some people are with Meek saying you know he's kind of making sense some people are saying meek's a hypocrite because he's talking about justice reform but you listen to his album and he has some of the same content you know in his music since he's came home Have, Do do i think personally he has progressed a little bit matured a little bit yes He's still an artist though. He has to make music that his fan base is going to gravitate to. He can't start, you know, change completely, not be authentic to who he is. This is his story. This is where he came from, right? He's also being mentored right now by Jay-Z and the, you know, the Roc Nation team over there, which is the biggest management team and biggest branding team in music and urban culture right now. And, you know, he's positioned with some people that are saying, hey, this like I said, this was Jay-Z's story. So he came from a criminal background, changed his life, became a successful businessman and has been, you know, he hangs out with Warren Buffett and, you know, has uh, risen, you know, his business to where he's, you know, considered a billionaire at this point. Um, At least his net worth or whatever, with all his companies and holdings. So you have to say, hey, this guy was able to rise to the top, but he didn't promote snitching, right? He never told on the people that were involved in, his uh, uh his dealings you know he just talks about it in the sense, sense of this is where i came from and so i think a lot of people have respect for that versus where Six 69 is coming out saying yeah i'm a rat so what almost like sammy the bull this gives me the feeling for people who are familiar with the john gotti story in new york one of the most uh famous and notorious um you know mob bosses that what they call the teflon don he was only taken down by his man sammy the bull but Sammy the Bull, you know, has such a reputation as a real murderer and a real, a real gangster, a real mobster. And, you know, he, yes, he told, but then he actually cut his deal and came home and he wasn't hiding or he wasn't doing anything that um, would, would, would signal that, hey, you know, I'm hiding from these guys or I'm scared of these guys. So, you know, he has that type of 6 9 has that same type of vibe. Of hey, I don't care. The difference is he's not Sammy the Bull. He doesn't have a resume or the pedigree um or the respect within his circle um to, to garner all of this, you know, bravado. Right? It's almost like he's right back entertaining, which which you can say, okay, if he's an entertainer, he's an entertainer and he's gonna say what he wants to say and do what he wants to do. This is America, you know, people can do what they want, but there are consequences. Um now, while, while I bring up the consequences, um, like I said, he had one of the the biggest rival moments so far, especially of this year, even with the COVID and the pandemic going on, um, he benefited from that because everybody's home right now. They all tuned in to watch. But then there was an incident um, in the following days where a young lady, you know, he went out on the balcony and was taking pictures with a young lady um, and he's supposed to be under house arrest at an undisclosed location. So now he's been relocated because... Um, you know, people obviously don't need to know where he lives. There's going to be an element of people, whether they're real street people trying to get make an example of him. Right. There's plenty of people who must, you know, uh, be feeling like, you know what, we got to take this guy out. Right. And then you have um, just for what he did. I mean, the people he told on do have street ties. And so there's a certain, you know, code in the streets where. They say, you know, the saying snitches get stitches. So this guy's the most, you know, famous snitch of all time, I guess, at this point. And he's saying, he's saying, you know, the hell with you guys. I'm going to do what I want to do. You can't stop me. So, you know, they had to relocate him. And so now we're kind of at the point where we're saying, is this going to just be another incident waiting to happen? Is he another rapper that's going to end up dead? Um, and then we're all going to say, see, you know, this was tragic and he lost his life and blah, blah, blah. And then they're going to be people who say, Um, You know, he brought it on himself. So hopefully, you know, none of that happens. I don't want to wish death on anybody or... But, you know, you have to look at this, you know, if you have young people in your lives and people that are in your family or if you're listening to this and say, is this the route you want to go to for the money? Right? Yes, you can become successful. You can make money. You can use certain tactics, you know, different people use different marketing tactics and things to get get their, uh, their name up. But at some point, you have to say hey, you know, is this is this something that I want to do? How far do I want to take it? So, you know, right now, like I said, my personal opinion, I think that, you know, he's doing too much. I think he needs to calm down. I think he needs to, if he's going to put out his music, put out your music. You know, if you want to promote yourself, promote yourself. Your fan base, you know, is going to follow you regardless. And then at some point, it's going to be over. I think most young people in entertainers in the industry, don't understand that you know that moment you know even if you you know let's say you're one of the top rappers in the game jay-z snoop Dogg, whoever dr Drake, whoever they're hot at one moment right even movie stars they can be the hottest thing on the planet right tom cruise is a legend is he as hot as he was when top gun and all of that came out no and mission impossible and some of his bigger movies no it's will smith was the biggest movie star in the world at one time and he's still one of the biggest celebrities in the world but is he as hot as he was when Independence Day came out and Men in Black first came out and all these movies? No, you know what I'm saying. The Fresh Prince of it, it's not the same type of uh, buzz, you know. And they they call it re- relevance in the industry, but it's really just saying who's the hottest thing at the moment. The hottest thing is usually going to be the newest thing because it's new. There's a you know there's a whole attraction to that. When the new Mercedes comes out, the new Bentley, the new Tesla. You know, oh, that's the newest hottest thing. The new iPhone comes out. That's even a better example. People line is around the block to get the new iPhone, and you could just wait a week and still get the phone. It's no shortage of phones, right? But people want to be the first one to have it. And in business, they call that early adopters. Then you have, you know, loyal fan bases. The Apple fan base is a totally different, uh, you know, animal than you have somebody, people who like Samsung or Android phones. So that's the same thing in music. You have people who are going to support this and say, yo, look at this guy. You're going to have people who know that it may be wrong and not agree with it, but say, hey, you can't argue with the numbers. You know, if you could tell Drake that, hey, he's the biggest selling artist, you know, because of his numbers. When Takashi comes out and he out, you know, performs even Drake's numbers, how are you going to discount that and say, oh, it's a gimmick? It's a gimmick. Everybody has somewhat of a selling point or somewhat of a gimmick. Um, You know, Drake's latest song, The Tootsie Slide I mean, is that the greatest hip-hop song of all time? I think not I think Drake would even admit that He took advantage of a moment It was smart marketing He got the whole TikTok uh, uh, craze going with, With the dance and the challenges and stuff And so he was able to capitalize off that And turn that into a platinum song The number one song Even though the actual music wasn't that great So that's why I'm saying to you guys You know, as we close out it's a lot of ways you can look at this from a business perspective. Obviously, he's, you know, he's successful. But then you look at the morality of it. Is this the way you want to become successful? So I'll end it there. I'll say, you know, there's a way to make money. There's a way to get fame and, and build your brand. And you can take some lessons of, hey, this guy was able to use different means and tactics to bring attention to itself. But all attention isn't good attention and all money is not good money. So, you know, use your best judgment. We'll all see what happens as it goes forward. I hope nothing happens to the kid. You know, I hope it all calms down and he's able to just, if he's going to have a career, let's let him have a career. And it goes from there. We all know what happened, right? We could could talk about a bunch of different people in the industry who have had rumors of cooperating with the police, um, you know, and so we can't just ignore those stories and then put it all on this kid because that's not fair as well. Does I think he has a certain amount of karma that's gonna come his way? Yes, I think he's gonna have more bad luck or as the years go by and when the fame, like I said, when he's not the hottest thing anymore and he still has to deal with this, he can't get a regular job, you know, so he has to generate whatever money he can and hopefully he's investing that money because if he doesn't and that fame is gonna dissipate, it happens to every single celebrity, um, what does he do then, right? um you know how does he he has all these tattoos you know how is he going to change his face like everybody thought he was going with his protection he said he didn't want to go with his protection he wanted to get out there and do whatever he wanted to do so you know we'll all see it will probably be a six nine movie that comes out there'll probably be all kinds of documentaries that's you know it's rumored that he signed a 10 million dollar record deal when he came home and there's talks you know for people that obviously want to do the interviews and the docu-series kind of on some time. This is Tiger King on steroids. We thought the Tiger King was crazy. This 6ix9ine stuff blows Tiger King out of the water. So when that documentary drops, I guarantee you it's going to be the number one documentary. And um, they're probably working on it right now. So we'll see what happens. But like I said, I just wanted to comment on that and give my take on it what was going on. This is your boy, Jay Gibson. See you on Founder of Rethink Rich Academy, the new face of finance. Get used to it. And you just listen to another edition of late night boss talk follow me on social media at late night Boss talk if you have a business if you have a brand if you're in the music game you need advice on how to get your business together and get your brand popping i'm the guy you want to talk to at late night boss talk all right and uh, follow me on Spotify as well. You know, we out there. The podcast is growing. You know, I thank everybody who's been supporting, but we're just getting started, right? So, you know, as you stay tuned, you're going to see more and more things. We got guests coming through. Um, and, it, you know, this has just been the first, you know, uh, week or so of us getting out here. So I just wanted to thank everybody and to, to let you know to keep supporting us and we'll keep supporting you. And we're going to keep it rolling. All right. All right. So hopefully we'll see what happens next. For 6ix9ine, be safe. Everybody chill out, man it's a don't be a hot summer once they release us out of quarantine man we don't need to see a bunch of violence and people getting killed and now you know it's a whole nother element of safety out here with these kids and um you know people trying to emulate that so let's all just kind of enjoy the music and watch the show and hopefully nothing turns to violence all right so i'm gonna sign off with that like i said everybody be safe out there it's your boy jay gibson the new face of finance this late night boss talk because if it's after midnight you ain't up and you ain't down. So let the, well, you know what it is. Put the sheep to sleep. The Wolf Pack got a ride again. I'll catch y'all tomorrow. Peace. Awoo!